بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم لا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله العظيم الحمد لله رب العالمين صلى الله على سيدنا ونبينا عبد القاسم المصطفى محمد اللهم صل على محمد وعلى آل الطيبين الطاهرين لا سيما بقية الله في الأرضين أجل الله تعالى فاجر الشريف اللهم أكرمني بالظلمات الوحي وأكرمني بنور الفهم اللهم افتح علينا أبواب رحمتك وانشر علينا قضاء علمك برحمتك يا أرحم الرحمن we said this corresponds also to human flourishment. Uh, then we started reflecting on the concept of qurb, what does it mean to get close to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We said that this is very much different from nearness that is based on just a decision made by a boss or I don't know an authority to decide for example to bring someone from a lower position to a higher position closer to himself for example says from today you are my deputy this is not necessarily based on any uh, real change in that person sometimes a person is still the same person, but because, for example, the one who was in that position has died or, you know, has resigned or had to leave, we have to choose another person and put him in that position. It's not that this person has really become a better person. We had to fill the gap. Or sometimes maybe there is a boss who is not wise or who is not you know for example honest he brings a person who is not qualified and gives him a very high position because he is his friend for example so in this type of positions whether to go higher or go lower in your position doesn't necessarily mean any change or any improvement then we talked about nearness in a philosophical sense. And we said that according to philosophy, every effect is totally dependent on its cause, on its originator. But we said this also cannot be the meaning that suits our purpose. Because this is something that applies salam alaikum to all beings we are looking for a meaning of nearness which applies to good people everything created by allah in a philosophical sense is close to him good people bad people animals plants everything in this sense is close to allah subhanahu wa so then we started 
talking about nearness of to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in a sense which suits ethics or akhlaq. And that is when you do something that is pleasing to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and you can get closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala by being more pious, more obedient, <coughs> more pleasing. So this is a real change that some people achieve and some people don't achieve. Although Allah is near to everyone, but it's only some people who manage to get close to Allah. We explain this that sorry, can you repeat it please? Although Allah is close to everyone, but only some people manage to get close to Him. This is not like physical relations. When you have two physical objects, when one is near to the other, the other is also near to the first. But we gave examples how in a spiritual world, in the world of ideas and spirits, maybe someone is closer to someone than juggler weight, but the other side is very far, maybe millions of miles away. I'm saying miles, uh, I'm using the language that is familiar to us, otherwise there is no physical distance here. So Allah is close to us, but we have to struggle to get close to Him. He is with you. He's very close. But we should try hard to get close to Him. And in the end of the day, we can never be with Him. Ma'ahu. In the Quran, we never find any person who is described as a person who is ma'allah. We explained all these things. Does this look familiar or not? Yes. <laughs> because we discussed this before. Yes, yes. Okay. So then I said, according to some of our scholars, and in particular, according to Ayatollah Misbah, he says, this sense of nearness, nearness of human soul to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, is when a person has ilm huduri, knowledge by presence of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Because the main quality of soul is knowledge, and the best type of knowledge is knowledge by presence. Which means you know something or someone directly without being in need of using a mental image or a concept. Because we have conceptual knowledge, al husuli we have knowledge by presence, al muhuduri Okay? So, most of people, they know of Allah only through concepts. But if you manage to gain knowledge by presence of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so that there is nothing between you and Allah what is known is present to you okay 
then I turn on mess process. This is the nearness that we are looking for. I said maybe we can find more explanation for this concept from the Quran, this concept of nearness. I didn't want to say that is not correct, but I try to introduce a Quranic approach, and this can coincide. But I think uh, what we find in the Quran and Hadith can uh, makes it more understandable for us. In the Quran, the term muqarrab in its plural form like muqarrabin, muqarrabun, this type of thing, uh, has been used several times. Twice in the story of magicians and Pharaoh. You remember we talked about these two verses from Surah Araf and Surah Shu'ara. When the magicians were asked to come to Pharaoh to take part in a kind of competition between them and Musa alayhi salam, before the actual competition started, they asked a question about the rate, the payment, because they wanted to make sure that afterwards Pharaoh would not forget or would not say, okay, the job is done, so it doesn't matter, you know, I don't need them next time. So they say, the magicians went to Pharaoh and they said, Is there truly a reward for us, a payment for us, if we are the winners? In Surah Shu'ara, very similar with a little change in the words. When magicians came, they said to Pharaoh, The same idea. <coughs> In both cases, said, yes, there is ajr for you and more. Not only you will be given a payment for this job, you will be made, uh, uh, you know, some of those people who are very close to me, who are muqarrab to me. Laminal muqarrabin. And then I explained some of the things that we can understand from this. When someone is muqarrab to a king, to a person who has position, who has money, who has authority, what happens? I mentioned few characteristics. One is that he would be given not only salary or a wage, <coughs> he would be given many things freely, lots of gifts, lots of, you know, money or, you know, dresses of honor, piece of land, a good, you know, garden, because Muqarrab, Muqarrab will be given a lot. 
depending on the generosity and the resources that the king has. If the king has lots of resources, he distributes among his muqarrabin. If he is very generous, he distributes. Okay? And now we can imagine with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's <coughs> unlimited resources and unlimited generosity, how much he gives to his muqarrabin. Yeah? When resources are unlimited and generosity is unlimited, how much he gives? He gives so much that you would be fully satisfied if you are muqarrab, inshallah. So, the payment is not based on what you have done. When we employ someone, we say, what have you done? How many hours? How many days? How many weeks? What was the job description? But when you are muqarrab, they don't ask you, what have you done? They say we give you because of what you are, not what you have done. When you are not muqarrab to Allah, you will be asked how many salat you have performed, how many fasting, how many, I don't know, ziyara, how many charity. And they will give you, inshallah, lots of reward. But when you are muqarrab, don't tell me what you have done. I know who you are, that's enough. Blank check. Okay? This is Muqarrab. Another thing about Muqarrab is that he can easily get access to the king. He can meet the king. You know, sometimes the people who are very high in position, it's very hard to see them. It's easy to get what you want from them, but to see them is the most difficult thing. For example, if you want money, you can get it easier than getting, you know, half an hour time. Yeah? The time, he says, is very, you know, very precious, very valuable. And I don't have time to meet everyone. But you can get money. Those who are very clever, they don't ask king for money. They say, we want to see you. Money is not very important for us. Okay? Uh, this uh, story uh, is beautiful. That Sultan Mahmud, the King Mahmud Ghaznavid, he had a servant who was very close to him. He loved him a lot, promoted him, and some people felt jealous. They started backbiting, you know, and, you know, accusing him. So one day the king had some jewelries and dropped them as if it was just accident. <coughs> when they dropped, you know, the jewelries went to different, you know, places. So he said, you can take whatever you like. So these vazirs and, you know, head of army, head of police, all these people started going everywhere to collect these jewelries. 
but Ayaz didn't move. Next to the king, stood up and didn't move. So those people collected and came back to the king and they said, look how arrogant he is. <laughs> you told us to go and collect you know, these gifts for us, but he is so arrogant and so proud of himself that he didn't want to bend and you know, collect these jewelries. And the king said, let's give him a chance to explain why he didn't move. And he said something very important. He said, I had a choice between going away from you and collecting jewelries and standing next to you. I prefer to remain next to you. <coughs> this was better for me. Maybe you were in need of help. Maybe someone was going to attack you. Maybe you needed a cup of water. Anyway, I love to be nearer to you. So then the king said, look, this is the difference between you and him. So when I love him, there is a reason. So a person who is clever prefers to be close to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala than asking something to fill his pocket. Unfortunately, most of us, when we go to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, we are just thinking, what can I gain from Allah? Yeah? I have maybe a few minutes after, I don't know, do I kumail or do I nudbe or, you know, after prayer. So, I am thinking, how much I can gain? Lots of money, houses, job, you know. I don't know, all these things I want to get from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Hardly we have chance to think about Allah himself. You know, imagine if you as a father or mother know that your children only think about your pocket. How much it, you know, breaks your heart. They only love me because of my pocket. This is the way we treat Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We only ask him, either we have illnesses, we ask Shafa, or we need money, or we want to get married, I don't know, we want job. We never ask Allah for himself. This is very sad. There was a, a video clip. Uh, there was a young you know, boy, maybe, I don't know, one year old. Less than two years, perhaps. So the mother asked uh, the boy, do you love me? And the child answered, I love you when you give me cookies. <laughs> so the mother said, so you love me only when I give Then he changed. He said, no, I love you. you know. But that child first gave honest answer. <coughs> I love you because you feed me. You give me cookies. Yeah? And this is why shaitan sometimes you know, uses this mentality of us and in order to make us not love Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and maybe even dislike Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, shaitan says, you have these problems and Allah is not caring. You need money, Allah is not giving you. You have an you know, ill person, Allah is not helping you. You don't have job, 
So shaitan is trying to make us dislike Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala because he knows that we are not interested in Allah himself. We are interested in these things. So shaitan says, Allah is not giving you these things. So a person who is really clever, for him, this position of nearness, of being muqarrab, is more important than what he can be given and what he can get take. Sometimes he may not ask anything. He is very hesitant to ask. And if he asks, <coughs> he prefers to ask for others. A mugharrab maybe asks for money, but not for himself. He says, there are some poor people that I know. You know, I heard about one of ulama who passed away. He was very close to Ayatollah Burujardi, rahmatullah And you know, Ayatollah Burujardi, rahmatullah was very established, very, you know, strong marja. So he had lots of followers, you know, he had money, he had, mashallah, he was very strong. So this alim was very close to him. And he was doing shafa'a for the poor talaba. That, for example, this talaba needs money. Because Ayatollah gives, you know, something to everyone, but there are people who need extra care. So if they know someone is in need, they will help more. So this alim was telling Ayatollah that this person has problem, this person. But this was when he himself was in great need, but never talking about himself. This is beautiful. In the case of people like Ayatollah Burjadi, there is a chance that you remain poor because Ayatollah may not know that you have need. Okay? But still you prefer not to mention. Just tell about other people's problems. But in the case of Allah, even this worry is not there because even if you don't ask Allah, Allah knows your need. So if I have chance to ask something from Allah, it's better if I ask for other people, not for myself. Yeah, if you have one minute to ask Allah something, so it's better not to ask for yourself. Ask for someone else. Because Allah then says, this servant of mine is giving priority to his brother or sister, and I know he or she has need. So let me give that person and him. Okay? So, a person who is muqarra asks for other people, intercedes for other people. He would be given free of charge. He would be given without uh, limitation. He would be told of secrets. Sometimes, you know, when there are secrets, and the king wants to share these secrets with some people. He shares with the people who are muqarrab, who are very reliable. He doesn't say this to everyone. And then we said that this seems to be very much 
true about the people who are muqarrab to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Although this was something mentioned in the story of magicians and Pharaoh, <coughs> but the concept of muqarrab is general. If someone is muqarrab to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the same things apply. But how can we get muqarrab to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? That was the question. How can we get to that position? We said that every good thing that we do takes us one step towards Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. When I say one, I don't mean one, not two or ten. Sometimes one action can take you ten steps. But I'm saying you go some distance closer. But there must be a turning point. Because Muqarrab is not the one who has gone one step forward. Muqarrab is the one who has gone so much forward that now has reached a very close position. Okay? So imagine if between us and, for example, Allah is one million steps. Okay? Imagine if there is one million steps. By taking the first step, you are not muqarrab, although you are mutaqarrab. You have tried to seek closeness. And one step, if you take ten steps forward, still you are not muqarrab. So when is the time that you can say this person has become muqarrab? <coughs> it doesn't need to be the last step. Because even Muqarrabun have different ranks. Even Muqarrabun can go higher. Yeah? Even Rasulullah can go higher. Taqabbal shafa'atahu warfa' darajatah. Or for example, Muqarrabun have different ranks. For example, Isa alayhi salam is Muqarrab. Musa is Muqarrab. Ibrahim is Muqarrab. But not necessarily the same rank. They can have different ranks. But all Muqarrabun must have gone above a line. Okay? So there must be a point that after that you are considered Muqarrab. After that you have those qualities. Before that you are moving ahead, but still nothing substantial has changed. Okay? Even in the physical sense, you know, I can give you example. For example, if you are moving from here to Mashhad, okay, how much is the distance between you and Mashhad? Maybe, maybe 5,000 kilometers, maybe. Okay? So, just the fact that from here you go to the entrance of college, you have gone few steps closer. Then you go to the train station, for example, when you go to the airport, so you are getting closer. You, I don't know, land in Tehran, then you take another flight. So all these <coughs> steps that you are taking takes you closer. But we don't say this person is close to Imam Reza. <coughs> 
just because he has taken few steps or few hundred kilometers. Even if you take 1,000 kilometers, still you are not close. But there is a time that when you reach that point, you say, okay, this person is now very near to the, to the shrine. <coughs> Do you know when we say someone is near to the shrine? Father? When you enter the borders of Iran, possibly. Not necessarily. Maybe it's not fixed, but I think when you reach a point that from that point onward, only people who want to visit Imam Raza move, you are close. If before that people who want to go to other direction also come, you are not close. Okay? For example, if you from here go to Tehran, you cannot say I'm close to Imam Raza because many people who want to go to other places also go there. Okay? But if you go to a point <coughs> that people who are there have no other destination, it's just a matter of distance, but no other destination, no other direction, then it means that you are close. Okay? Anyway, with we have lots of stages, lots of, you know, steps in between. But the turning point is when a person is loved by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. When you are loved, you are muqarrab. Can someone be muqarrab without being loved? I ask you a question. Is it possible someone is muqarrab without being loved? No. You have to be loved by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. <coughs> we started talking about this hadith, hadith qurban nawafil. You can find it in many books. Here I am quoting from Vasa al Shia, volume 4, page 272. Also, I have this with translation in self-knowledge. And Abi Ja'far alayhi salam. Allah majlisi quotes from Imam Baqir alayhi salam. Inna Allah jalla jalaluhu qala. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the glorious, said, Ma yataqarrabu ilayya abdi ur ibadi bishay'in ahabba ilayhi mimma ftarathu alayhi. My servant has not come closer to me by anything which I love more than what I made obligatory for him. Okay? So, taqarro means going little by little closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So, by wajibat. Translation or ما يتقرب إلي عبدي بشيء أحب إلي مما افترضت عليه. My servant has not come closer to me 
by anything which I love more than wajibat, obligatory actions. Okay? So, the first thing to do is what? Wajibat. وَإِنَّهُ لَيَتَقَرَّبُ إِلَيَّ After that, he continues getting closer to me by mustahabbat, recommended actions. Nafila means extra. In Arabic, nafila means extra. Something extra to wajib. Inshallah, sometime in future, we have to speak about significance of mustahabbat and nawafil. But very briefly, I mentioned last week that you cannot prove your love for Allah by wajibat. Why? Because those who are afraid of, for example, punishment also do wajibat. You can prove your love when you do something which is not obligatory and you do it out of love. Yeah? If you work, for example, eight hours for your boss, and this is what you are supposed to do, you cannot prove your love. But if you work extra hours without being paid or without expecting payment, then you can show that you love. Okay? If I come to your house and you offer me, for example, very simple food, this cannot prove that you love me. But if you bring, you know, drink and desert and fruits, yeah, this can prove that because these were the things that were extra. Okay? Don't, you know, take too much trouble. <laughs> okay, so it's important to do something which you are not obligated to do. Okay, so with nawafil you can get, get very close to Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala. Hatta uhibbah till I love Him. So it means that there is a special type of love that Allah doesn't have for this person before reaching this point. Do you understand? You have to analyze hadith. When it says, Hatta means this is a special love that didn't exist before. It's different from general love. Allah loves everyone. Allah loves all His servants, all His creatures. But this is a special. As I explained last week, this is love which is coming without modification, without reservation. When it comes to ordinary people, Allah loves them, but He says, <coughs> I love Him, but not these qualities. I love him, but not these practices. Sometimes Allah says, I love him, but then he has to exclude hundreds of things. Yeah? 
But these are the people that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, I love them, full stop. It means that they don't have any ugly quality, any ugly practice. They can improve, but they are satisfactory. You understand the difference between being perfect and being satisfactory? We don't want to say these are perfect, but they are satisfactory. <coughs> When I loved him, please remember also the discussion we had about the people who reach the level of being considered as human being. I said they can improve, but at least they have managed to have all the virtues and remove vices. The virtues can increase, but there is no virtue that they lack. Do you remember? This very much correspond. When I love him, I become his ear, by which he listens. The eyes by which he looks at things and people. I become his tongue. I become his hand by which he holds. If he calls me, I answer. And if he asks me, I will grant. I think this is exactly Muqarrab. What do you expect from a Muqarrab? <coughs> Muqarrab is the one that he can always get answer. And the requests are granted. And he is so much trusted that whenever he reports something, it would not be questioned. <coughs> Indeed, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is so much supporting the people who are close to him, <coughs> that he says things that no king says about the people who are muqarrab to him. <coughs> In all your life, have you ever heard a king, a boss, an authority, to say, I am I for this person? I am hand for this person. I am tongue for this person. I have never seen it. The maximum they can say is this person is my eye. Yeah, if they want to say I have full trust in this person, say he is my eye. If they want to say this person is very helpful and you know I do things with him and through him, they say he is my right hand. But they never say, I am his hand. <laughs> See how much Allah is supporting and showing appreciation and respect for his good servants. He says, I am his eye. I am his ear. I am his hand. I am, you know, in other words, he says, I am at his service. 
This is the meaning of these beautiful expressions. So when you are at the service of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and you prove that you are a good servant, then what happens? Then Allah says, now I am at your service. What do you want? I will help you to achieve. But not that you want something for yourself. <coughs> if you prove that you are a person who is selfless, if you want billions of, for example, you know, pounds, but not for yourself, for other people, Allah may give you. If you want thousands of people to be given shafa, Allah may answer to your dua. But you have to prove that you are a servant of Allah, not a servant of your own interests, a servant of your ego. So who is Muqarrab? The one who is loved by Allah. And who is loved by Allah? The one who has done wajibat and mustahabbat and has proved that he is servant, he's apt. And I have a Quranic evidence also for this. Look at this ayah. In Surah Nisa, verse 172 and 173. لَنْ يَسْتَنْكِفَ الْمَسِيحِ أَنْ يَكُونَ عَبْدًا لِلَّهِ وَلَا الْمَلَائِكَةُ الْمُقَرَّبُونَ Isa ala nabiyyana wa alihi wa alihi salam did not hesitate, did not refuse to be a servant for Allah. لَنْ يَسْتَنْكِفَ He will never any hesitation to be a servant of Allah. And the angels who are muqarrab to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, they also have no hesitation to be servant of Allah. If someone hesitates, and he's arrogant, Allah will bring them together on the day of judgment, and then Allah says what will happen on the day of judgment. The question here is what? To be a servant of Allah. Abdan lillah. And Allah mentions Malaikatul Muqarrabin and Masih. Maybe someone says, here doesn't say that Isa was also Muqarrab. It says, Masih didn't hesitate and will never hesitate. And Malaikatul Muqarrabin. But then elsewhere Allah says, Masih is also Muqarrab. In Surah Al-Imran, verse 45. إن الله, إن الله when the angels told Mary, 
or Mary, truly God gives you the good news of a word from him, kalima, a word from him. Ismuhul Masih, his name is Christ. Isabnu Maryam, Jesus, the son of Mary. Vajihan fad dunya, wal akhirah. He has a high position in dunya. And hereafter, al muqarrabin. And he is one of muqarrabin. So, Masih, who is muqarrab, al-malaikatul muqarrabun, who are also close to Allah, they have no hesitation to be abd for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So what do you understand? You understand that to be muqarrab and to be abd are coming together. Who is abd? We already talked about this several times. Abd is not the one who does some actions. That is abed, worshipper. Abd is the one who has managed to gain the quality of servitude to Allah. Has gone beyond the stage of what have you done? Has reached the stage of who you are. When people go, for example, to the treasure house to get payment. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> so the treasure house says, where should I find your name? There are millions of names here. You say, my name is in the list of the people who have done, for example, I don't know, some uh, farming, gardening, cleaning, you know. So you mention, I have done some cooking, you know, I have done, uh, I don't know, maybe some uh, uh, policing. So I have done all these things. So he looks in the list of the people who have done something for the king. Yeah? But for a muqarrab, there is no list of what he has done. For a muqarrab, there is a separate list. And there it is just a name, not what he has done. Okay? They don't ask, you know, what he has done. It's muqarrab. So who you are, so and so, that's enough. You don't need to tell me, you know, where I look for your name. Indeed, those who are muqarrab, then they are known by face. Even they are not in need of being and <coughs> introducing themselves. They have so much, you know, gone and, you know, come that everyone knows them by face. Oh, I know, yes, I have seen you many times, you know, with Pharaoh or with King or whatever, you know. Pharaoh is a bad character, but here I am not talking about the negative side. I'm talking about the the power about the kingdom, not about the person. Because even bad people have their own muqarrabun. I'm not talking about the ugly side of it. So, a very important change happens that after doing good things, then you become good. And my understanding also of Salihin is this. This is my humble understanding. I think in the Quran, when we talk about Alladina Amanu wa Salihat, this is not for Muqarrabin. 
These are the people who have Iman and do righteous deeds. But then we have As-Salihin. As-Salihin means that they have gone behind the stage of doing righteous deeds. They have become righteous themselves. It's a very high position. And this is why, you know, for example, you know, a very important dua is Al-Hiqni Bissalih. Maybe you are already a mu'min who does righteous deeds, but to be salih is very high. It's not that everyone can be considered as salih. So, sometimes we do good actions, but if we keep doing good actions, then we ourselves become good. We do righteous actions, then we ourselves become righteous. You see the difference? So this is the change. This is the turning point. And when you become yourself righteous, when you become yourself a servant of Allah, then you are definitely loved by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You are his mahbub, you are his habib. What time is it? One to six. Okay. It seems that we have to stop. Okay. I wanted to mention another hadith, but inshallah, maybe I'll next session. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to take us all, inshallah, to the highest and nearest position, inshallah, to Himself. And inshallah, enable us to do everything for His sake. And to use, inshallah, all our talents, our energy, our skills, all the blessings that Allah has given us, we want Him to help us to work for Him and to, inshallah, offer to Him, inshallah, everything we have received. This would be the best for us and for all humanity. Wa akhir da'wana and alhamdulillah, Allah.